Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, Internet World, West Alabama, everywhere that you're watching the Joe Gaither Show right here on Today, Cowbell Corner and CowbellCorner.com. I am Joe Gaither. We're a proud part of the Bama Central Broadcasting Network along with Blue Collar Unplugged. We're going to have a lot of fun on a beautiful Wednesday. We're going to catch up with Missouri, with Mississippi State, and we'll finish with some Alabama. We're starting with Mississippi State. We're going down 82 to catch up with what's going on in Starkville right here on CowbellCorner.com. So I'm really, really excited to welcome in one of the writers that you read each and every day, Jacob Bain. You can follow him on the Twitter machine at JacobBain10. Jacob, what's good, man? How is your Wednesday going? Oh, there you go. Perfect. It's going good. How are yours? It's going pretty well, pretty well. We're just hanging out. All oh, we're trying to get, you know, get closer to the Christmas season and get into bowl season. But Mississippi, Mississippi State is not in bowl season. Mississippi State is in kind of transition season. So you guys are having lots of transitions. What we've talked to, we've talked to Kenzie Bradenberg. We've talked to Justice Sandal already on Cowbell Corner about Jeff Levy a little bit. Let's get your perspective on the hiring of Jeff Levy, the newest football coach for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh yeah, he was uh he was somebody that you heard early on the search. Uh State obviously was looking for somebody with head coaching experience and Jamie Chadwell was the early name you heard with and now his infamous tweet that was edited and said Starkville. But uh I I'd like to hire he runs an exciting offense, he's young, he's a passionate recruiter. And uh, a big thing for me, anyway, is who he's worked under. He's worked under Heifel and Kiffin. Both of those guys have success on the offensive side of the ball, and it translates to wins. So I think it's a good hire. Absolutely. Well, he's been very busy. So we already kind of talked about Jeff Levy with with with, with uh, Justice Sandal and Kenzie Bradenberg, but he's been very busy because he's been hiring assistant coaches. He's been filling out coaching staffs. He's been recruiting. Uh, let's hit on let's hit on because uh, some of the assistants that he's already brought in. He's uh, let's start with Coleman Hutzler. Coleman Hutzler, uh, former uh, well current outside linebackers coach and special teams coordinator at the University of Alabama. He's going to stick with Alabama until the playoff run is over. But he is moving to uh, Starkville to take over as defensive slash co-defensive coordinator uh, in Mississippi State. He hasn't really, uh, you know, what, what do you think about his poaching from the Alabama coaching staff? Uh, it's always good to poach somebody that's coach under Nick Saban. And he was the co-defensive coordinator at Texas in 2020. But uh I was expecting State to hire somebody with a little more experience, maybe somebody like DJ Durkin, somebody like that. But, uh, I mean, he's a good recruiter, but, I mean, because he's at Alabama or is he just a good recruiter in general? But uh, he's worked under Saban, so, I mean, I trust him. How important is it to retain Chad Bumpus uh, as, as wide receivers coach? Oh, it's I would say he's the best recruiter in the state. I mean, he's got three – he's got two four-star commits, and there's another Stunk of Burnside who's another one he could get. Play State, I think he's State's best recruiter. So I thought it was very important to keep him on staff and something that uh, I figured he would do. 
when I've talked to Kenzie before and I've talked to Justice before, I've asked them, and I'll ask you, you, you this as well, with Jeff Levy coming into uh, Mississippi State to take over, what's the expectation for the Starkville faithful? What's the expectation for people who cheer for Mississippi State? Uh, because obviously, I mean, this this year was was terrible. This year was like basically last in the last in the in, in the division. Uh, What's the expectation? Obviously, there's not going to be the expectation to take down Alabama tomorrow. But what is really the – this is what we want our football program to be. Um, the expectation, I wouldn't say, are too high. But, I mean, fans are always going to expect more, especially with the transfer portal now. You can flip roster very quick. And so I think expectations are not too high. But, I mean – I think there's still pressure on him considering Ole Miss is coming off a 10-win season. I think that puts even more pressure on him. Are you safe in Starkville if you just win win the Egg Bowl and and stay bowl eligible? Uh, I think to an extent. I mean, maybe his first year if he wins the Egg Bowl, that would give him some some, uh, room for for improvement. But – I wouldn't say if he just wins the budgetable that he'll have a job for life. At some point, they're going to expect more from him. We're talking to Jacob Bain of Cowbell Corner. You can follow him at, at Jacob Bain 10 on the Twitter machine. You talked about the transfer portal. Let's talk about somebody who transferred out. We already talked about Will Rogers with our friends Kinsey and Justice. Let's talk about Woody Marks. Woody Marks goes into the transfer portal. Uh, and then, what, a day, two days ago, announces he's going to South Carolina. Obviously, you didn't really expect Woody Marks to be retained, but just, uh, I mean, big, pretty daggum good running back, and he's going to stay, staying in the league. What's going to be the reaction to see him stay in uh, in the SEC? I know the SEC East, I guess we're not going to do divisions anymore, uh, but uh, to see him stay in the SEC. Yeah, Woody was definitely somebody that uh, State would have liked to keep, but uh, he's always had problems with, especially this year, staying healthy and all and all that stuff. And it was, I mean, he would have been somebody that State would have liked to keep, but uh, him leaving, I mean, I think New Era, you're getting rid of, you're not getting rid of, but New Era and Woody's, I mean, he's having trouble staying healthy. So, I mean, I think he'll he's he'll fit in good anywhere. He's a very talented running back, but he's always had problems staying on the field and staying healthy, just hampering him in his career at times. Well, Coach Levy's been pretty busy already, and he's got a transfer portal quarterback coming into uh, coming into Starkville. Blake Sheppin from Baylor uh, had a pretty good little year at Baylor this past year. Uh, Big Twelve, uh, all, all, be, all, all honorable mention, all Big Twelve in twenty twenty two. He's, he's going to be a redshirt senior, I believe. Yeah, tell us about Blake Sheppin, and re- will he basically walk right into the starting position in Starkville? Um. Uh... I think he'll get a chance to start, but State also has uh, Chris Parson, a four-star who played some this year. He struggled, but uh, I think Shapin would be a uh, would be fine. But I think he's somebody good to bring in and compete. And I still think State and Levy both are in the portal, still looking for a quarterback, maybe DJ U, or get somebody young like a a Ty Ty Thompson. I believe he's transferring from Oregon. They want to. I think they want to bring in another younger guy, but uh, if Shapen has to be QB one, I think that will be fine. But uh, I think he. I don't think he's no guarantee for that. I think he'll compete with Chris Parson and whoever else they bring in. 
Well, what what else is Jeff Levy and his staff going to be going after in the next seven days? It's going to be early uh, early signing date next uh, next Wednesday, and uh, Mississippi State currently sits with the number fortieth overall recruiting class. If you're looking at twenty four seven sports, you already talked about Chad Bumpus, just a hint getting some some of these four star uh, receivers. Why don't you highlight some of these guys that are uh, in this Mississippi, Mississippi State recruiting class, and uh, maybe some guys that that uh, that Jeff Levy is going to try to. Mm, uh, persuade to join the class in the next seven days. Well, the first guy that really stands out to me is uh, JJ Harold. He was he's been committed to stay since June, I believe, and he's been very active on Twitter and social media, recruiting other guys to join him. And uh, another guy that they got during the summer was Jimothy Lewis. He's originally from Madison Ridgeland Academy here in Mississippi, but he uh, transferred to IMG. And uh, he's a four-star guy. And, uh, he had a he had a good relationship with Will Friend, who was not retained, so that was always a worry. But he visited this this weekend, and it seems that it went well. And uh, a guy that committed the same day as J.J. Harrell, but he uh, is Stone Burnside from Starkville, and um, he decommitted. And um, it seems it seems that State's back lead for me officially visited this weekend, and. Uh, He's announced that his uh, final two will be uh, State and Ole Miss, but he hasn't. He's yet to officially visit Ole Miss in this weekend. He's in the Mississippi Alabama All Star game, so we don't know if he'll be able to uh, officially visit Ole Miss. I'm sure they'll they'll try definitely to uh, flip him or try to get him in the boat. But uh, another guy, uh, another guy from Meridian is Daniel Hill. He's a four-star uh, athlete. He's, yeah, he's really good. Uh, State got him on official visit this weekend, and that that's a far cry because, I mean, he did camp at State this summer or visit this summer. But getting him on campus was a big deal for Levy and them, and he was – I think it was reported he said it was one of his top two official visits he's been on. And uh, I think State could get him, but I think if Alabama really pushes him for a commit, that he will go to Alabama. What is, what's, 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 let me pause you right there. Let me pause you right there on, on, on Daniel Hill because Daniel Hill has been such an interesting prospect this whole summer and really fall because if family family ties to Mississippi State, father played at State, kid said, seemed like he wanted to go to South Carolina for a little bit of time. And it seemed like family said, no, that's too far. No, okay, so let me go to Tuscaloosa. No, we want you to State. Okay, and then he's flirting with Tennessee. He's been doing this dance with State, with with Alabama, with Tennessee, with South Carolina, really for three, four months. Uh, you've been following it from the State perspective, Jacob. And you just said that you think that they have a chance to to land him. What's been the, I don't know, the the the, the feel? Uh, uh, what, what what's been kind of the reaction to 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 Daniel Hill? Because he's kind of been been. It seems like. Uh, leaving Mississippi State on the back burner, like, oh, you're the girlfriend that will always love me. I'll just go see if I can get somebody hotter for a little bit, and if if not, then you're always going to be there for me. What's the uh, what's the feel about Daniel? I mean, he's, he's a legacy. Yeah, he is. He's a legacy, but uh, Meridian is close to Tuscaloosa, and it's typically been hard for State to pull guys out of Meridian, even though they're in-state kids. But uh. It is really weird. Daniel Hill had showed no interest in state or Ole Miss. He was set to go out of state, and uh, 
like I said, just getting him on to visit was a big deal because he had never stepped well. He had never stepped foot on campus as a uh, recruit, but uh, Jeff Lebby and I think Chad Bumpus helped a little in getting him on campus. And obviously, they're going to get a, a recruiting boost after the visit. And uh, but I think if Alabama decides they uh, don't want to push a commitment for him, I think he could very well end up in state or South Carolina. But I think he wants to go to Alabama, and if Alabama pushes him for a commit, then uh, he will end up there. That's what's been so strange to me, Jacob, is that is I do think that Alabama does want him. And so it's been like, well, if Alabama wants you and you want Alabama, why don't you just go ahead and just lock it on down? It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him over the next seven days. Let's hit basketball real quick before we run up out of here. Uh, Mississippi State 7-2 and two already on the early part of the season. Give me an update on Tulu, Tulu Smith. How's his foot? What's his uh, what's his out, uh, outcome for coming back? He's probably, what, three, four weeks still away? Uh, and, and really, Mississippi State bounced back from the Georgia Tech loss in the ACC, SEC Challenge. Don't worry, Alabama lost as well to Clemson, so you're not alone. Uh, what's the uh, what's the uh, kind of – we're in that December lull for Mississippi State on the precipice of SEC play. Oh, yeah. J- Chris Jan said on a Monday, I believe, that Tolu will get a scam his foot on Thursday, and I believe he will be back before an SEC game. That's just been reported that he won't miss an SEC game over uh, fully and earlier than expected. But, uh, yeah, they lost to Georgia Tech and Southern, which was a bad loss, a four loss more than likely. But uh, they bounced back and won big against a good two-lane team. But uh, And their two losses, they just struggled. Uh, they have a lot of depth this year, something they didn't have last year. And I think they just – it was. Uh, I think they just need to find the right starters, and that two-game stretch was the first time on Chris Jans that fans were worried about the team and the effort and all that stuff. But they bounced back against Tulane in a big way and won by, I think, 35 points and scored over 100 points for the first time since 2018. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, covering Mississippi State with Jacob Bain and Cowbell Corner. Jacob, tell everybody where they can follow you, anything that you're interested in that we haven't hit on today, and really just what you're looking forward to for Christmas. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm looking forward to bowl season and football. That's coming up sometime soon, and uh, that's more what like New Year's. What is somebody who doesn't have a bowl game to look forward to? What, what are some of these games that you're looking forward to the most? Uh, Georgia, Florida State is one I'm looking forward to because Florida State uh, feels like they got a ride of a playoff spot, and now they're playing Georgia, who feel who feels they had a claim to the playoffs, so that should be good. Uh, obviously, the playoff I'm looking forward to seeing Alabama and Michigan, and uh, seeing how well Alabama can play against Michigan in their physical style. And uh, yeah, those are the ones I'm looking forward to. The most. Ole Miss, Penn State would be is a good matchup as well. Absolutely. Oh, man, that, that is going to be a huge game. Jacob, follow Jacob Bain at Jacob, uh, J- Jacob Bain 10 on the Twitter machine. Thanks so much for joining us today on Cowbell Corner, man. I hope you have a great day. Yes, sir. Thank you.
Yes, sir. That's Jacob Bain joining us on CowbellCorner.com. And you're watching this on really all kinds of platforms. We'll be, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back with a little bit of Missouri report. Joey Ben Zimmerman is going to join us to talk about the Missouri Tigers. And we'll keep things rolling on this Wednesday right here on the Joe Gaither Show. We're on BamaCentral.com. We're on CowbellCorner.com. We're on MizzouCentral.com. We're always on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon. You can follow us at the Bama Central YouTube channel or at Joe Gaither 6 on all of your social media machines. We'll be back in just a little while with Joey Van Zimmeren of Mizzou Central. All right, welcome back to the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central, Cowbell Corner, and now on MizzouCentral.com. Hanging out with you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter as well. We want to thank Jacob Bain joining us from Cowbell Corner already this morning. We were uh, we talked about Mississippi State. We talked about Jeff Levy, his new coaching, uh, his new coaching assistants, a little bit of recruiting as well. Now it's time to head up to uh, Columbia, Missouri, and we'll find our friend Joey Van Zumeren from MizzouCentral.com. You can follow him at JoeyBZ underscore on the X machine, and we've got a lot of Cotton Bowl stuff to talk about. First, Joey, how was your Thanksgiving, and good to see you, sir. It was great. Uh, great to join you again, Joe. Um, had a great Thanksgiving, uh, wrapping up finals this week. So excited for that. And then, like you mentioned, obviously, a lot of things going on in the Mizzou sports world. So excited to talk about that today. Absolutely. Make sure you keep up with Joey Van Zumeren and all of his work at MizzouCentral.com. Okay, is there going to be even an opponent when Missouri gets down to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl? Ohio State transfers out, opts out, lots of movement on the Buckeye side. Is Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz licking their chops at the possibility of beating a Blue Blood in a big-time bowl game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been interesting to watch Ohio State kind of all their, like you mentioned, all the movement they've got going on there. Um, you know, the big one, obviously, being their quarterback, Kyle McCord, um, uh, entering the transfer portal and not playing in this game. Uh, so it's going to be Devin Brown getting the start there for Ohio State at quarterback. But I think that situation really just shows off the amount of depth that Ohio State has. You know, they're obviously going to recruit very well. Devin Brown is a four-star uh, quarterback coming out of high school, was the fifth-highest quarterback in the class of 2022. Um so he's still going to be a good player. It does not take away any challenge for Missouri, other than the fact that Ohio State now is going to have only a month to prepare uh, with a whole new starting quarterback. And obviously, I'm sure the team is familiar enough with him as he was competing with McCourt during this offseason, but it obviously is still going to be an adjustment for them. So I think, you know, like I said, that situation really just shows off all the depth that Ohio State is going to have. But then also it seems that, you know, even though Ohio State, like, you, you know, with all the success they have, it would seem that, you know, being in the Cotton Bowl is just kind of another year for them. It wouldn't mean as much as it would um, for some other schools. It seems like um, from at least what the players are saying that this game will still mean a lot to them. 
Um, they do not want to end a really good season off on a, a loss to Michigan and have that be the headliner for the 2023 season. So they really want to get this win. Um, some of the players talked to the media yesterday, um, including wide receiver Amika Abuka, hard name to pronounce there. Uh, but he and a few other players spoke to the media, and they seemed really motivated for this, motivated for this game. Abuka said that he would be playing in this game, even though he will likely be declaring for the NFL draft sometime soon. Um, and you know that Abuka specifically is big news for Ohio State to have. Um, I, I think he will be. He was the third leading receiver for Ohio State this season. Um, and I think he will be really a matchup that Ohio State and Ryan Day over there will try to expose uh, as far as a mismatch going up against Missouri's defense. They obviously have two of the greatest cornerbacks in college football and in his Rakestraw and Chris Abrams Drain. Uh, Rakestraw is questionable for that game as he has been dealing with uh, a leg injury for the pretty, uh, majority of this past season here. Um, so that's definitely something to watch that matchup. And also, too, uh, you know, Rake Straw and Abram Strain mainly play the boundary, um, and Abuka is a, a much more of a slot receiver. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Missouri's defense and Blake Baker try to combat that. Um, and yeah, so he's announced he's playing, and then we'll really be over these next two weeks heading into the game, seeing all the other movement. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. will be a guy to watch. Um, I'm, you know, he's obviously expected to declare for the draft in the coming days, and then. Uh, he'll have to make the decision if whether he wants to play or not. But really, uh, just like I said, Ohio State has a lot of depth, and no matter what, it's going to be a tough challenge for Missouri. Well, I think the Cotton Bowl is one of the games, one of the non, uh, one of the non playoff games that I'm looking forward to the most. I mean, obviously, Florida State and Georgia in the uh, Orange Bowl is going to be uh, going to be very dramatic, depending on who mm -hmm. shows up in those games. But Missouri, for, from a Missouri standpoint. I think there's a chance for Missouri to really put a big old stamp on their season and say, yes. "Oh, you, you didn't think that uh, you didn't think that the SEC was very strong this year, or maybe we 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 went to Athens and lost. LSU came in and beat us, but we're a real good football team, and we're going to show Ohio State." Uh, yeah, even with the opt the problem. My, my my issue, Joey, is that if Missouri ends up winning, well, my first my issue is that Green Bay Packers Cup, but, but really, <laughs> if Missouri ends up winning. You know the narrative. Everybody's going to say, well, Ohio State didn't want to be in yeah. Ohio State had all the opt-outs. They're going to discredit the win. Uh, but I think Missouri has a really good chance to say, you know what, here's our stamp, and this is our big foot, big step forward as a program. We're here no longer in the SEC East, but as a pretty much top-half player in the SEC as far as long as Drinkwitz is around. So really yeah. just – the moment, the opportunity. Obviously, Missouri is really, uh, really uh, seizing the moment or so. Uh, just how important is it for Drinkwitz to come away with a victory in this Cotton Bowl? Yeah, Drinkwitz was actually in the press conference he had on the day that the Cotton Bowl was announced. He was kind of um, playing it down a little bit that the opportunity for them. He was because. I don't think he wanted to build it up too much, build up the expectations too high for his players. Um, but you're not but, playing Wisconsin in the Cotton Bowl. You're not playing – Right, exactly. You, you know, somebody – Ohio State is one of the seven blue bloods of the sport. It's a big deal. Right. He played it down a little bit, but I, I definitely think he would agree that this is a massive opportunity for Missouri, a massive opportunity for the program to really show off that none of the season was a fluke. And like you mentioned of the uh, – uh, possibility of people downplaying it if Missouri does get a win. Um, and that is 
kind of happened all season for Missouri. Every time they get a big win, there's always an excuse that um, uh, the the narrative seems to clean on to. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, uh, a, a blue blood like Ohio State, a massive stage for Missouri um, to really cap off uh, kind of a, a building year, uh, a launching pad for the program's future, if you will. Absolutely. And a part of that launching pad of the program, part of the recognition of what the program has been was well, last week, the SEC put out its awards. You had SEC Newcomer of the Year, SEC Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year. But for the Missouri Tigers, SEC Coach of the Year, Eli Drinkwitz. All right. So I am uh, Johnny come lately. Never, never paid attention to SEC football this year. And I'm going to say, Joey, what the heck? Uh, Eli Drinkwitz wins Coach of the Year. He doesn't deserve it. His name's not Nick Saban. His name's not Kirby Smart. And and your reaction is okay. Uh, first off, the best measure for Coach of the Year awards is always just improvement. That's basically, you know, if you look at NFL, college football, it's always, you know, where can either a, a coach that takes over a losing program takes it to the next step, or just a season to season where a coach takes that massive improvement. Um, and and that's the case with Missouri certainly, and for Drinkwitz, you know, going pretty much just around 500 in his first few years. And then in 2023, finally putting it all together. Um, that's the biggest case, just that improvement. And, you know, I think mostly it's just all of the players seem to buy into his program, no matter how corny it may seem from the outside, his whole personality. And everything. If they're buying it, then who cares? Yeah, exactly. They. It is funny to see kind of the difference in Drinkwitz, um, at least this year in the media, you know, being kind of buttoned up and everything. That's definitely a change from the past few years as well. And then just seeing how he interacts with the players from the content we get from like post-game Instagram live streams from the locker room, which is always fun. But yeah, they have all seemed to buy into his program. And, you know, the kind of maybe over the top some people might consider of the the saints or possibly cliches people might consider of something to prove and whatever the players are all bought into it and if they don't buy into it none of this works and they don't have a 10 and 2 season so just that that improvement um is the easiest way to measure and then also you know he recognized some issues um that were had that led to uh, kind of their failures in the past few years. Um, and he made some changes to those, uh, hired Kirby Moore as his offense coordinator, which seems to be a great success. Um, and he, he talked about this again in his press conference after the Cotton Bowl was announced of how he had to change his mindset heading into this season. Um, he said, you know, that he realized or remembered that 90% of coaching college athletes is just about motivation. And that in the past, he had got two lost in the sauce, two lost in the X's and those, wasn't focusing enough on the Jimmys and Joes. Um, so this season, he really focused on building those connections with players. Um, and that has worked to his favor. That's incredible. <clears throat> and that's a great lesson, really. Uh, Coach Saban likes to talk about uh, the players don't care what you know as until they know that you care. So yeah. uh, Eli Drink would kind of take it a little bit of a page out of that. And I and I was facetious. I think Eli was a great choice. Uh, easily. Uh, 
top two candidate. I mean, you could go the old, the old tried and true and check off Nick Saban off the box, but Eli deserved recognition for, for, for a great season. And uh, I'm hopeful that it continues for Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers. It's going to be a big seven to eight days. Uh, I'm not going to ask you about anything specifically recruiting-wise. Next Wednesday is early signing day. Do you have anything that you're looking for over the next seven, eight days before we move on to football or move on to basketball? Excuse me. Um, not necessarily as far as recruiting. The transfer portal is definitely exciting to watch. Uh, they've gotten so far Georgia State running back Marcus Carroll and then uh, Clemson cornerback uh, Toriano Pride. Um, so really exciting to see that. And, you know, back to Drinkwitz again, he he talked about earlier in the season um, just the fact that now that they actually have these results, they're selling success. They're actually selling tangible, seeable things instead of a vision selling potential. So um, that's obviously big, and I'm sure we'll see that play out over this next recruitment cycle. Absolutely. So we got seven days until early signing day next week. It's going to be interesting. You're going to want to pay attention to it all on MizzouCentral.com with Joey Van Zimmeren and his team. All right, so big deal, kind of a big positive and a small negative on the basketball uh, on the basketball front. Losing by nine to Kansas in, in Lawrence, obviously hard, hard place to play, a big-time opponent. But on the positive side, got a huge recruit, Dennis Gates, pulling in five-star Aaron Rowe, uh, right? out of right out of Missouri so homegrown mm-hmm. guy let's talk about basketball you've got what three four games until SEC play gets started it's yep. a big December for Missouri uh just like it is here in Alabama so really we're all waiting we're all kind of looking at what's it gonna be when SEC play comes out how do you feel about the Missouri season obviously you don't like losing to Kansas that's never fun but Kansas is Kansas it's it's yep. the tip top um and playing at Fog Allen Fieldhouse is no is no joke so where, where, where does this leave Dennis Gates where does this leave Dennis Gates the Missouri Tigers as they head into SEC play yeah I think the Kansas loss specifically is um you know a, a really interesting point uh to look at for this Missouri's basketball team um, and where they where they're at exactly in this season, they the highs have been high and the lows have been low. Um, and this this Kansas game, I, I view kind of similar to uh, you know we were just talking about Mizzou football, but in twenty twenty two, their nine point loss to Georgia, um, you know this uh, nine point loss to Kansas for this Mizzou basketball team, just in the fact of competing against a very very good team uh, in Kansas. Um, and especially after coming off a, a loss last year where it was the same old, same old of losing to Kansas by, I think it was like 20, 28, somewhere around there. So, you know, you saw the growth from the results, not only from 2022 to 2023, but then also throughout the game, you could see this Mizzou basketball team kind of grow and adjust. Um, you know, early on, even though they had that great lead that they built, um, Kansas uh, mistakes, struggling with shooting was obviously playing a part in that. And then it looked like, you know, in that middle eight of the game, it looked like Kansas was just going to run away with it and was going to be the same old story. But through that last 15 minutes of the second half, really, Mizzou was able to stay within 10 for the entirety of the game. Um, and the growth that I mostly saw was in that first 10 minutes that I mentioned where they were able to build that lead. They were really looked unsettled. Um, they were kind of very frantic and I, I think Gates just had to tell him like you you guys belong on the stage play like it calm down take a deep breath even though we're having success right now 
uh, just settle into this a little bit. And they they got more into that in that second half, even though they didn't end up winning, didn't end up having any big runs. Um, but that was certainly growth. And, you know, looking ahead to the recruiting side of this, um, I, this team is just going to be really exciting, I think, to watch uh, in the coming years. This 2023 season is almost just a transition season for this team, losing Kobe Brown to the draft last year and now kind of left with, um, you know, just a, a mismatch of players. Um, so it'll be interesting in these coming years, obviously have one of the best recruiting classes for 2024 and then just starting off with Aaron Rowe uh, to start off their 2025 class. That Dennis Gates, man, you think if you give him enough time, he's going to build something there at, at Missouri. He yeah. seems like a serious, serious player uh, with a serious plan and really, really uh, behind the execution of that plan. I think that, mm -hmm. uh, Joey, you're in a great position with both the uh, football and the basketball Definitely. team to cover those programs. Tell everybody else what you're working on with MizzouCentral.com. Anything else in the Missouri athletic world that's caught your eye that we're leaving off the table and then let everybody know where they can uh, find all your coverage? Okay, sure. So for Mizzou Central, we got great coverage of basketball and football. Uh, and wrestling, can you? Well, how long would you? How long do you? Uh, Joey, you look like maybe one sixty-five or so, one fifty-five, just from the camera. How long would you last on the wrestling mat with the Missouri Tigers? Oh God! Oh God! Um, it would it would be a short second. I don't <laughs> I don't know enough about wrestling to know if you can win a match in that time frame, but they would find a way to beat me. <laughs> that the, um, the ambulance would be called very quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean they're having a great season as well, and kind of a overlooked team. Uh, they're third ranked team in the country and coming off just dominating Wyoming. Uh, and we also we have uh, Isabel Cool on uh, Mizzou Central staff, and she does an amazing job uh, writing about Mizzou wrestling. She is very passionate about it. Um, but yeah, so she's one of our amazing writers. We got a, a great staff of students like me who are very passionate about it and providing coverage, uh, from Mizzou sports. Um, me and then two others of us, uh, Matt and Chase will be heading to the Cotton Bowl here in a few weeks to provide coverage on that. So I'm very excited for that. Um, so find my stuff there on Mizzou central. And then like you mentioned earlier, um, a lot of my other takes on, uh, Twitter at Joey VZ underscore. Hey, man, just between you and I, I was at the Cotton Bowl, oh, gosh, two years ago, Alabama, Alabama, and, and Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. um, those guys will roll the red carpet out for you, for, for the media, honestly. Amazing. The Cotton Bowl was incredible. The, 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 the hotel in Dallas that they put you up in and just the food and the amenities and the, hey, this event for the media tonight, that event for the media tonight – it's going to be a hell of a week for you, Joey. It's going to be great. And I really can't wait to follow your coverage, follow Mizzou Central. Hey, we're hoping that uh, Missouri puts that big old stamp on this. Yep. Thanks for your time today, Joey. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Joe. No problem. That's Joey Van Zimmeren, and you can follow him at JoeyBZ underscore for MizzouCentral.com. We appreciate him hanging out with us. So great. We've already talked to uh, we've already talked to Jacob Bain. We talked to Joey Van Zimmeren. Uh, so we've hit on the Mississippi State. We hit on the Missouri Central. We're going to talk about Alabama here in just a minute. We're going to wrap up this Monday show with a bit of Alabama Crimson Tide right here on the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central, on Mizzou Central, and on CowbellCorner.com.
Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa. Welcome back. This is the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central at BamaCentral.com. You heard us already with our friends from Cowbell Corner and our friends from MizzouCentral.com. Jacob Bain with Cowbell Corner and Joey Van Zimmeren from MizzouCentral.com. It's now time for right here on the Bama Central portion of the program. We're really happy to be a part of uh, the Bama Central Broadcasting Network right here with Blue Collar Unplugged. We've got a lot of fun things coming out with the uh, with the new with the basketball season still getting rolling, still kind of fresh in our minds. Alabama playing Creighton this coming weekend on Saturday. Ooh, the tide needing to get something going. But of course, you can follow us at Joe Gaither Six on all of the social media accounts wherever you get your social medias. Send us your comments, questions, queries, and complaints. We appreciate everybody who subscribes to the show on Spotify. Via Apple Podcasts and on Amazon. We love you on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter as well. At Bama Central, BamaCentral.com, Bama Central on the Twitter machine, at Alabama Crimson Tide on, on Facebook, uh, Alabama Crimson Tide on Sports Illustrated, excuse me, on Facebook, and then at Alabama SI on Instagram. So uh, you already heard some talk about Mississippi State. You already heard some talk about Missouri. Let's talk about Alabama. Uh, big news out of USA Today involving Auburn. Uh, I've got several t- handful of talking points, and we'll get out of here. Uh, but involving Auburn, all right, Auburn is in trouble. Okay, you heard me get really, really riled up a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, about Michigan, Michigan, and its cheating scandals, sending uh, Connor Stallions to different opponents over the course of a couple of years and stealing signs. Well, it sounds like uh, Dan Wilkin and the USA Today people. Uh, let's see. Let me make sure I get my my name right. Yeah, yeah, Dan Wilkin uh, and the USA Today guys uh, writing an all uh, writing an article today about scouting in college basketball and basically coaches using cameras, coaching coaches using cameras in their arenas. Uh, and who was the main example that they used? The University of Auburn in 2016, 2017, 2018, 19, or so, or some of the kind of anonymous coaches uh, who have been talking for this story. You can read it right there at usatoday.com. I don't really want to encourage you to go away from Bama Central, but this is kind of interesting slash weird slash unfortunate, unusual story. Uh, Friends that have been talking around the day, around the morning, have insinuated that this is well known, that don't don't run any sets in opposing gyms, don't, you know, use walkthroughs for shoot-around type purpose. If you wanted to run some sets or walk through some plays or walk through some concepts, do that in the hotels or in the ballrooms or in other places, in parking lots, but don't do it in opposing teams' gyms. It seems like a widely known concept around college basketball, but our man Dan Wolken, who many people have different feelings about, uh, I usually have negative negative feelings about him, but, uh, you know, he is a reporter. He does find dirt. Uh, he, he singles out uh, the enemy, uh, the, the a little bit of the enemy. He sing, singles out Auburn. So uh, what do we think? Bruce Pearl. I mean, you've already – Bruce Pearl are always been on the line, on the edge, has always kind of uh, danced in the gray area. We all know, remember what happened with him at Tennessee. He may still be at Tennessee today if he didn't lie to the NCAA. Uh, and obviously, different people can view lying uh, to different degrees, but the NCAA really, really, really uh, 
at that time, viewed lying to them in investigations as a serious thing. So he got hit, whatever, the show calls. He was out of basketball for a minute. Uh, he was out of the SEC. Then he got hired by Auburn, and Auburn's been, you know, taking off. He got hired in, what, 2014? He's in his 10th year, 10th, 11th, 9th, 10th year uh, with, with the Auburn Tigers. Uh, and, and many people kind of are talking about, you know, at least today, uh, and at least his detractors are insinuating that, you know, maybe Bruce Pearl's a dirty little cheater. Oh, goodness gracious, Bruce Pearl. Uh, unfortunate. So uh, I'm sure that nothing's going to happen from this story, at least at the moment, because a lot of these allegations seem many, many years old, uh, seem to be, you know, 2016, 17, 18, 19 in that range. So, you know, five plus years old. Oh, man, it seems like everybody knows their lessons not to uh, run sets in Auburn for their, you know, pregame walkthroughs and, and, and such. Do that in your hotel rooms and then. Uh, ballrooms and parking lots. Uh, so, 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 what? You know, nothing's really going to happen from this. It seems Auburn was given a chance to respond to this story. At least that's what was written in USA Today. Uh, USA Today says they gave Auburn four full business days to respond to uh, kind of this collection of quotes or this story, so that they could add their two cents. Auburn did not, uh, and so here we are. Uh, just an interesting little wrinkle in the basketball season uh, as we unfold here and keep things rolling uh, right here uh, in, in the second week of December. All right, uh, you know, you all know the transfer portal opened, and you've all been waiting. You've all seen, what, we've seen five Alabama players go into the transfer portal. We talked about that yesterday with our friend Michael Bronner. You can tune into any of the old episodes. Our friend Michael Bronner joined us from WNSP yesterday on the program, and I appreciate everybody who's watching. The Monday episode. Over 400 of you guys have watched the Monday episode. I appreciate all of that, all the support right there. Uh, but what? Last Monday, the fourth, yeah, December fourth. Last Monday, uh, last Sunday, last Monday, uh, the transfer portal opened. The college football transfer portal opened. We saw five. We've seen five Alabama players go into it thus far. And people are going, okay, you know, all the all, all, everybody that you've seen go into it so far, no big deal. Uh, I mean, yeah, you'd like to see Ja'Cory Brooks, but you didn't really get a whole lot out of him this year. Seemed like there might have been some uh, extra, uh, extraordinary factors, extra out, out, uh, out of the field, off the field. Yeah, off the field factors for Ja'Cory Brooks also. Um, so the, all five guys in the portal, it's, it's fine so far. But you start to wonder, is Alabama going to make some noise? You know, it's busy. There's like 13, you know, there's there's hundreds of guys in the transfer portal right now. There's got to be some guys that can help the Alabama Crimson Tide. And th there seems to be one guy that uh, at least Alabama has identified and is coming in for a visit. Let's talk about Fadil Diggs. Fadil Diggs is a defensive lineman out of where? Out of Texas A&M, Texas A&M University, Ag uh, the Gigum. All right, so he's a former four-star recruit out of New Jersey. Uh, he was 6'5", 230 out of high school. Now he's 6'5", 260. At least that's what he's listed on uh, the Texas A&M website. He's in the transfer portal, and he's got – looks like it looks like one more year of eligibility – uh, he is visiting Syracuse, and he's visiting Alabama. Now, granted, he is a North Northeastern kid, uh, but come on, man. Syracuse and Alabama. He's got an official visit lined up with Alabama at the end of the weekend. Uh, let's see. He has 36 tackles this season, combined uh, solo and combined. Let's see. Do I have his solo? Uh, yeah, for, for the season, his solo was 22. Uh, so he's 36 total tackles, 22 solo tackles, 11 tackles for a loss, and with four sacks. Uh, you want to hear what he did against Alabama? You may not remember it because it was several, several weeks ago. 
But against the Crimson Tide, Fadil Diggs had five tackles, two sacks uh, against the Crimson Tide with two other uh, with two with two tackles for a loss. So he, he was a nice little player there for uh, Texas A&M. But Texas A&M going through some transitions, obviously getting Coach Elko into the fold, and they're figuring out what they want to do personnel wise. And that dream recruiting class is going up in smoke. That Fadil Diggs was not a part of that uh, of that 2021 recruiting class. But a part of the 2020 recruiting class before that, just another sign of you know transition things going on when you get a new coach, roster roster movement, roster management. Uh, it'd be nice to get a guy already with SEC experience already uh, and add him to this defensive line rotation for uh, for the 2024 roster. Uh, we talked about guys with Michael Bronner yesterday, guys we don't want to see go out. But anytime that you can add defensive depth, uh, defensive line depth, quality defensive line depth. Uh, I think it's a, a. I think that'd be a great add out of the transfer portal, and maybe he doesn't become a starter, but becomes a rotational piece who gets in there and makes some plays, and you know, boosts his draft stock here with the Crimson Tide. But yeah, it'll be weird. I, I guess uh, you you look at twenty four seven twenty four seven Sports has his crystal ball as Syracuse right now, but he's just been obviously in the transfer portal for a couple of days now, uh, and he has an official visit with the Crimson Tide coming up this weekend oh what else do we have as i'm losing my voice here uh excuse me uh fighting through some phlegm on a wednesday uh what else do we have we have jaylen milro's birthday is my last thing uh that i want to do right here we want to thank uh, we want to thank our guys from uh the cowbell corner and from mizzoucentral.com we but we have jaylen milro's birthday and jaylen milro was seen flying in a helicopter over bryant denny stadium we want to say happy birthday to jaylen milro uh as he you know turns 21 turns 21 jaylen milro and brock bowers both all have the the same birthday. So if you were born on the 13th of December, happy birthday to you. Uh, but more importantly, happy birthday to Jalen Milrow, Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback. Uh, Alabama will reopen practice uh, at the end of the week. We will have uh, we will have coverage on that at BamaCentral.com. A lot of early enrollees will be in town on Friday enrolling and participating in bowl practice on Saturday. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully we're going to be able to catch up with another recruit or two before they go behind the closed wall that is Alabama Crimson Tide Athletic Facility. We'll see who we can catch up with in the next day or so uh, as Friday is going to be a huge day. A lot of guys enrolling at the Alabama enrolling at the capstone. Julian Sayan uh, being the leader among them. So bowl practice is going to get underway on Saturday. Alabama getting underway with Michigan. We can't wait to cover it uh, right here at BamaCentral.com. I want to encourage you to follow all of us at BamaCentral.com. Katie Wendham, Austin Hannon, Chris Walsh, myself, uh, Joe Gaither, obviously, and, ba- and, and the site at BamaCentral.com. We're going to have a fun week covering the transfer portal. We'll see if we get the deal digs. It's uh, they're seven days away. Coach Saban is still on the road uh, recruiting. We'll keep, be keep covering that. Be looking out for recruiting rundown on Friday, of course, as it drops on BamaCentral.com if I can do my job for once in my life. Uh, I appreciate everybody who's tuned into the show for the last handful of days. It's been a lot of fun uh, seeing the numbers grow. Share it with a friend. Uh, the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon, on Spotify, right there on YouTube. Uh, right, You can join me on Twitter, on Facebook as well. We appreciate everybody who's been a part of the show. So uh, without further ado, we're going to get out of here on Wednesday. Happy birthday to Jalen Milrow. Turns 21. Bruce Pearl and the barn is cheating. Yee. 
We'll see if anything comes of that. I predict nothing will come of that. Uh, and then we are keeping an eye on Fadil Diggs, a transfer from Texas A&M. Six foot five, 260 pound defensive lineman, considering Alabama and Syracuse. Uh, and then we'll get out of here for the day. We'll be back tomorrow on, with another edition of the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com.